Hey, running friends. Welcome to the Wrinkled Runner podcast. I'm Sherry, the Wrinkled Runner. I'm over 50 and I love to run wherever I go, but Buffalo, New York is my home. If you are looking to start to run or you're an older runner, this podcast is especially for you, so subscribe now. I love to help people get running and keep running. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about incorporating different running workouts into your training. Adding variety to your runs is such a great way to get the body to become fitter and faster. Bodies are really good at adapting to what is happening to them, and if you run the same mileage at the same pace for the same amount of days in a week, the body quickly gets used to that and it takes longer to burn calories, get stronger, and get faster. In the summer of 2018, I was training for a half marathon with the goal of running it in under two hours. I had run, I think, three or four halves before that and was so close and yet in running terms was so far away to breaking that two hours. The plan I used, and I'll link to it in the show notes, was more than simply going out for a certain number of miles on a given day. Running workouts were also included, which I had never really done before. The variety made the runs interesting and taught me that though some of the workouts were tough, it was always satisfying and felt like I really accomplished something when I was done. If you are new to running and haven't yet reached the point where you can run for 30 minutes straight yet, that should be your current goal. But when you get there or you finish whatever Start to Run program you are using, these workouts can be gradually added to round out your training. If you aren't currently using a Start to Run program, check out the one put out by the RRCA, which is the Roadrunners Club of America. My Run Coach certification is through them, and it's the training plan that I recommend to those who want to get started running. I'll link to their website in the show notes and to all the outlets that I have used to promote it, including this season's episode three. So let's get started. If you've seen workout terms before, you've probably seen the fart lick. This is a Swedish word, and it means speed play, and the drill is as simple as that. You are playing with your speed, going fast and then going slow. There are many ways to do this, and you can devise the plan for yourself, which is the best part. Pick a tree, or I use light posts a lot, and they are usually pretty evenly spaced, which for my personality makes me feel better, but it's not really necessary. You can use anything up ahead and run as fast as you can to it, and then pick another item in the distance and run slowly. You could listen to music and run fast during the verses and slow down during the chorus. You can listen to a podcast on running and run fast when you hear a word you choose beforehand and slow down when you hear a different word. You can design it by time, 60 seconds fast, 30 seconds slow. As you can tell, this is a pretty individual workout, so really easy to incorporate whenever you feel like a burst of speed. I'm always preaching about tweaking your training and adding or subtracting things to personalize your plans, so this way of adding speed work is really easy to recommend. Another workout is hills. Any incline used to be the bane of my existence. I had some kind of physical limitation that made me want to pass out whenever I had to run inclines. I never figured out what it was, um, but my heart would race. It was almost like a panic attack, and I couldn't get enough oxygen, so I would feel really lightheaded, almost like I was dreaming, and I'd have tunnel vision. I know, really weird. Probably no one else has ever felt that way. So I never ran up a hill, even on a regular run. I would just stop at the bottom. So to deliberately do a hill workout wasn't even something that crossed my mind, or if it did, I immediately rejected the idea anyway. My husband and I lived overseas for a few years for his job, and we lived in Shanghai for a bit. 
While we were living there, I ran with a vengeance. It was something I could do on my own, and I didn't have the benefit of having kids in an international school, which, if you're an expat, is an excellent way to make friends in another country. But uh, because I, at the time, I didn't have any children with me, um, I just... I just wasn't in on the uh, expat scene, kind of. And we were living a little bit outside of where a lot of the people lived when they were going to the international school there. So I didn't really know anybody, and I was by myself a lot. And something changed in my physiology, probably amping up the running, actually improved my VO2 max, and going up hills ended up no longer being a hardship. So then we moved back to the States full-time that summer that I was training for the sub-two-hour half, and hill work was part of the plan. And lo and behold, I didn't dread it anymore. It actually turned out to be fun. And we, by and by we, I mean I dragged my husband along, we had to run sprints up an incline for 30 seconds and then walk or jog slowly back down the hill for recovery, and that lasted about two minutes. Once we got to the bottom, we sprinted back up it, and then we did this six times. And you'd be surprised, actually, how hilly Buffalo can be. Dave and I lived in a condo in the city waterfront area. We now live in a house. The condo experiment was not a success. Basically, if you have children who have spouses and their own children, and they don't live near you, and they come to visit, a condo is not for you. But anyway, I digress. But um, while we lived there in the condo, we were near a bike path and we could basically walk out our door and we were on the bike path. So part of that was a pedestrian walkway that went up and over the highway that rings around Buffalo, kind of near the Peace Bridge. And when my workout called for hills, we would head for that walkway. I think it was something like 85 or 90 degrees out, whatever. It was really hot. And being the weirdos that we are, we did that workout, even though we probably should not have based on the weather. So as a coach, I absolutely do not recommend that. Keep in mind, after that charge up the hill, we had a recovery period, but on one of the sprints up the hill, this guy half our age came down the hill on his bike, and as he passed us, he called out to us, you guys are animals, and I've never been so proud of being called an animal in my life. But we just thought it was funny that, you know, this this young guy was coming down and watching these old people charging up a hill, <laughs> like, like uh, well like the idiots that we were at the time. (laughs) But most markets of this nature uh, then tack on some mileage afterwards, and I think we ran like six easy miles after that. We were winded, and the next day we were very, very sore. So even if you don't charge up hills, you can also consider hill work uh, just a regular run in a very hilly area. If you want to try a hill work and this is new for you, I suggest you find a hilly area and run a regular run on that and see how that feels. If it feels good, you can incorporate something like a five-minute walk to a hill. And by hill, I don't mean it has to be super steep. Just find an incline and run up the hill at a good clip and then slowly jog down. Walk a bit to recover. Figure there should be at least 90 seconds to two minutes before you charge up the hill again. And then repeat. Do this four times and then walk as a cool down for 10 minutes. Just a quick note, make sure this is something you are fully confident you will be able to do. And if you run it once and it seems too hard, chalk it up to training and then just try to do it twice the following week and build up to more sprints. If you're older, like over 50, please check with your doctor before trying anything strenuous or different than what you usually do for exercise. This workout does use your muscles a little differently, so expect some soreness the next day. A note about racing, if you plan to do a race in the near future, nearly every one will map out the course and tell you the elevation. Doing hill work once in a while during training will help you immensely if the race is hilly or it has a steep incline at any point.
So the next workout is a tempo run, and that's one in which the pace can be held for between 20 to 40 minutes, and it depends on whose definition you read of a tempo run, honestly. Uh, it's a harder pace. It's about 30 seconds slower than a 5K pace, but you're not going all out. It's one you can hold. It's hard, but you can hold it for that amount of time. When you first start doing tempo runs, it might be difficult to gauge where you should be. The tendency is to go out too fast, just like in a race, and not be able to maintain the pace for the time frame. So one of the benefits of doing a run like this is you can start to learn what different paces feel like. There's a calculator that can help you figure out what pace you should do this run, and I'll link that up into the show notes. The calculator will tell you your paces for a few different running workouts, so you can play with that. If you haven't raced recently or ever, just plug in whatever data you have for a certain distance and time, and it will still figure it out for you. What's nice about a tempo run is even though it's hard, it doesn't go on forever. If you haven't ever done one before, go out for 10 or 20 minutes. Remember, this pace should be sustainable for those minutes, even though it will feel hard. It may seem very difficult if you are new to running, and again, I don't recommend you do this until you have a good base, which just means you have built up your running or completed your initial running program. It can also refer to having run 500 miles. Don't worry so much about pacing if this workout is new to you. The goal should just be to learn to run harder and be able to sustain it. The benefits of the tempo run is to teach the cardiorespiratory and muscular systems how to use oxygen while getting rid of the stuff you don't want, like carbon dioxide and lactic acid. This run will also improve your endurance without having to run a long run like a 14-miler or whatever. You may do high-intensity interval training in other forms of workouts that you do, and this is just like that, only with running. So fartleks and hill running are forms of this kind of run in a way because you're speeding up and then slowing down. For an interval run, you will run for a specified length of time, say 30 seconds, or a certain section of a mile very fast, usually talked about in meters in the running world, but I always translate it to mileage when I do it. Then you will have a time of recovery, say 60 to 90 seconds or half of a mile or whatever. I know a lot of these explanations uh, seem somewhat vague, and I hate vague, and I want to know exactly what to do, but there are a lot of variables since a lot of different experts are defining what these things are, and it also depends on how you want to tweak your own training. Like I said earlier, I was following a specific plan that introduced me to these types of workouts, and if you like having something concrete, you will be able to find a plan that fits you and will give you specific direction as to what to do with some of these workouts. So back to the interval one. There are different ways to do this, but basically you are running hard for a set period and then a set period of rest and doing that full cycle a number of times. You'll see a workout shorthand for this type. It might read 10-minute warm-up, 6x400M at 5K pace with 3-minute recovery, 1-mile cool-down. Broken down, this means you will walk or slowly jog for 10 minutes, Break into a run for 400 meters, which is just shy of a quarter mile at your 5K pace, and then walk for three minutes to get your heart rate back down. That 400-meter run with three-minute walk will be done six times in a row, alternating between the run and walk, and then you will jog or walk for a mile at the end to cool down. So what if you don't know your 5K pace? If you are just starting to get into workouts and you haven't raced, you may not have an exact pace to draw from. You probably are using some kind of pacer, though, be it a watch or phone or just knowing you run a certain distance in 30 minutes. So if you run three miles in that 30 minutes, your 5K pace would be roughly 10 minutes. There are calculators that I will link to in the show notes also to figure all that out. 
there is more risk of injury with that type of run, this intent, this interval run. So just be sure you're ready to tackle these. If you run more than 20 miles a week and you have a good base and you've tried out some other running workouts, then I would say you could consider doing this run. But if you still think of yourself as a novice, don't do these all out. Run them faster than you can talk, but don't all out sprint. You don't need to to reap the benefits of this workout. The pluses are the same as the tempo, and you can improve your form and improve the fast twitch muscles. Twitchy muscles is another topic for another day, but when you want to get faster, you need to get those fast twitch muscles worked out. And again, most of you will see these with whatever plan you are using, so they are spelled out a bit better than my examples. I would say the intervals are the hardest for newish runners to incorporate on their own, though. I'll put a link to the blog post defining and giving the examples of these workouts so you can see them. If you would like help knowing how and where and when to fit these in your training, send me an email at sherry at wrinkledrunner.com and I will try to help you. Include your age, how long you've been running, your pace per mile or kilometer, and whether you've done any of these workouts before. A word about actually getting out there and doing some workouts. I don't have access to a track, so when I do any workouts or drills, I'm on the road or the sidewalk. And I live in the city, so close neighbors and people all over, even at the park. It took me a while to feel comfortable running full speed or up a hill and jogging back down multiple times. It helped me to have a running partner when I first started to do these, but I still felt self-conscious. Now, I don't think anything of it deal with me people, but at first it felt weird. Like I shouldn't be doing workouts or drills since I'm not elite or super fast or in college. I've come to realize though that whether I am running fast or slow or uphill or doing something repeatedly, no one really cares. Or if they do care, too bad. I run for me. So if someone thinks I look silly or too old to be out there doing what I'm doing, they're not worth my time. Everything looks silly at some point to someone else. So one thing I'm so happy about now that I'm in my 50s is that I care far less than I used to about what anybody thinks of what I'm doing. The me of my 20s would never have run a marathon, run a hill repeat, or even run down the block. So if you're just beginning to run, you may feel like everyone is watching and judging. And you know what? Some may be. But know that what you are doing can turn into a lifelong love that reduces stress, is good for your body, and can help with depression. So keep at it, keep researching and learning everything you can, and get out and run. The Wrinkled Runner is a blog, YouTube channel, and podcast. You can link to all the outlets below in the show notes where I will include the links that I mentioned in the episode as well, and some I probably didn't. Before you explore those links, though, subscribe to the podcast so you are notified when a new episode goes live. Next week, I'm going to have a special guest and regular runner, Dave. He's my best friend, best running partner, and my husband. Listen in as we talk about running together and sharing some of the adventures we've had running and what it's like for him to live with someone who loves to run, when for him, it's not so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you know another runner who could benefit from today's topic, go ahead and share it. Do you have any running questions? You can ask me. Email me at sherry at wrinkledrunner.com, and if I can't answer your question, I will do the research to find the answer and share it with you. The questions I get from listeners like you help me develop episodes, so please don't be shy. You can sign up for my once-a-month newsletter using the link provided so that you can have all the Wrinkled Runner resources from the past month all in one place. I also have opened up my virtual coaching in addition to coaching one-on-one with those in the Buffalo, New York area. 
So head to my coaching page on the Wrinkled Runner website, which I will, of course, link to, and check out how we may be able to work together. Until next Monday, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the run.